Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. I'm glad that you're in the house tonight because this is the house of God, and He is the God of comfort and peace. On Sunday, May the 15th, Pastor Travis preached a message called, I think he titled this, Walls Still Fall. Did you title it that? You should, oh, he should have. He's convinced, yeah, he, he should have titled it, Walls Still Fall. <laughs> See the wind, not the wall. Ah, praise God. I love it. I don't know how I didn't get that, but I missed it. I missed that. Okay. Well, I want to tell you that it resonated so deeply in my spirit that I took the notes that I had taken that day and uh, just studied on it, I, actually, for the last 10 days. And uh, I, I did check with Pastor Travis to make sure that it was okay that I preach his message again. <laughs> Ah, praise God. I want to know how many of you uh, were here in the service on Sunday, May the 15th. Hold, hold your hands up and let me keep them up for just a minute. My goodness, what a faithful bunch of people. Praise God. Well, I don't have to do much review then because most of you were, most of you were here. But just to kind of bring you into to the realm of this, I want to start with Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Now, I want to share with you, first of all, from my notes, that I, t I take notes every, every service that I'm in, whether I'm here, powerhouse, at a conference somewhere, I take notes. Do I always do the right thing? And study those notes every week? No, I need some improvement in that area. But, but I'm going to tell you this. Taking notes is so important. And going over those notes is so important. 
because it helps you to get that down on the inside of you and it makes you open to hearing what the Holy Spirit wants you to get from that word. You see, God has each one of us in this house because God knows the messages that are going to be brought from this house that he's ordained and he's ordained those messages for you, for every one of you. And so it's so important that when we f- that we feed on the word that God has put in this house for us to get because we're going to get some breakthrough. Some walls are going to fall from our life. And I'm going to say this about the ministry time that day. I'm just going to be bold and say this, that I believe that 100% of this room, every one of us, we have walls that need to fall. And I believe that this meager little number of women was it women both services one man in each service okay we're down here a meager number praise God I saw one wife pat her husband on the back saying it was you that that was good that's good but I'm going to tell you that I know I had walls I should be down here I believe that all of my days as long as there's breath in my life that there will be walls that I need to take down. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil is not going to let me just rosily make it along the path of life and never try to put up anything. And I guarantee you that my flesh is going to mess up and cause some walls to rise up every once in a while. And so there are going to be walls in our life. And so we need to, we need to take this to heart. And we need to see what it is that God wants us to see from that message on May the 15th, besides all the wonderful things that Pastor Travis had to say. This is one of the things that he had to say that I loved. He said, wall is a long-standing issue that you think can't be removed. And then he talked about three points. Let me see if I was going to share this. Why, Jericho? Yeah, I want to share this. no, that's in, that's. I'm going to share that later. Okay, the, he shared three points, and I love that. First one was obedience. He said in verse two, and he pointed this out that God said, "See," that's a command. God said, "See," that's the first thing. So if you blindly go about life without your eyes open, you're messing up. You're not being obedient. God is saying, "See," you've got to see what that wall is in your life. And identify it before you can knock it down. Okay, in verse 3, he said, you shall march. And these were the instructions specifically that God spoke through Joshua to be obedient in the falling down of the walls. And then just, these are just short things that Pastor said. I don't want to preach his whole message again, but it was good enough to preach again. The second thing was a point that Pastor Travis made. He said, wait. Uh, He pointed out that seven means completion, and that was seven days that they were to march around the city. And obediently, they did march each day, and they waited. Uh, A point under that 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 I thought was really wonderful, he said, success is consistent obedience. So it wouldn't have been good if they would have been obedient on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, would it? It's good that they were obedient consistently, and they walked all seven days. And they did exactly the way that God told them to do it. 
The third point that Pastor Travis made was that you should walk through your wall. In Joshua 6, 20, it said, each man to walk straight into the city. And the wall didn't crumble. You know, in my mind, I always saw that picture. And I always saw that the wall fell. And I saw that the children of Israel had to go across the rubble to get to the city. But Pastor made that so perfectly clear. It says it in the Word. That the wall didn't crumble. The wall went straight down. And so that wall became a walkway. And so his third point was to walk. Now... I want to talk to you just a little bit about sharing the application that the Holy Spirit's been imparting to me as I've continued to study this account. Um, I want just here's a thought about why Jericho, the people were shut up in the walls, uh, in the walls that confined Jericho. It was because they were afraid. They had heard about the great exploits that the God of the Israelites had done. And so they were fearful. That area covered seven acres, the wall, and the inside of that city covered about seven acres. And so uh, the people from the country, they had heard about the God of the Israelites too. So the people from the country came in. I don't know how they fit all those people into a seven-acre area because our house is on 15 acres. And so I think sometime about half of that, and it was all walled in. And how many people could fit within that wall city? But it's, a, it's amazing that the reason they were all there is because they had heard about God. And that, so they were afraid. And so I, I, I made this point. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Walls that we erect in our own lives are often the result of fear. Walls that we erect in our own lives are often the result of fear. So we need to identify those sources in our life where we're tempted to be fearful. And then we need to be on guard and we need to learn how to walk through that fear and not let that fear attach to us. You know, you cannot find a solution to a problem unless you first identify it. And so that's the, that's the part of the purpose of tonight is to help those of you who took notes that day and who that word resonated in your spirit like it did in mine to help you see what some of the walls are in your life that you need to be working on. And the wonderful thing about God is he, don't, he won't show you five walls you need to work on at one time. He's just going to show you one wall. One wall at a time. That's, that's all God requires of us is one step of obedience at a time. <clears throat> I believe um, tonight that we just need to concentrate. A wall in your life can't be knocked down except that you first identify it. You can know there's a problem in your life, but you can't work on it unless you identify it, unless you know what it is. So I'm going to ask you tonight, think of some areas maybe uh, that might be a wall in your life that needs identifying. Maybe it's disobedience to God. Maybe it's just what you think are little things that you're disobedient in. Maybe it's sexual sin. Maybe it's alcohol or drug addiction. Maybe it's just that you ignore some nudges from the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I look back and I think, why did I not respond to that? You know, I miss God. Why did I not respond to that? How about 
resisting a call that's on your life. Knowing that God's calling you and asking you to do something in the ministry, something in your job, something somewhere, a a call in your life. And you just kind of resist it because you just either don't want to do it, you don't think you're equipped to do it, you're afraid you'll fail. You know, boy, those are sad reasons, but a lot of time that's what it is. Maybe your wall is weight gain. Maybe your wall is gossip. Maybe your wall is strife in your marriage. Maybe your wall is a broken relationship, a family relationship that needs to be healed. And you can be the one who brings about that healing. So those are some walls that I believe that the Holy Spirit just imparted to me that we needed maybe to focus on tonight. And that may not be your wall, but I believe by the power and the anointing that's here that the Holy Spirit is going to show you what that wall is. Okay, so I'm going to talk about these points that Pastor Travis talked about, and I'm just going to add a little to it. Um, Number one, obedience. So we're back to the three principles that will cause walls to fall. Number one, obedience. Obedience was the requirement in the command of the Lord to Joshua in chapter 6, verse 2, that said, See, I have given you I have given Jericho into your hand. Now, that word see is important because I believe that God intended for uh, Joshua to have a vision in his mind of the success, a vision in his head of what God had done. And that's true for all of our lives is what God's word says for us, we need to keep that vision in our head and not the vision of the things that the enemy brings and shows us how big the mountain is or how tall the wall is or how deep the wall is. We've got to see that the Lord has already done for us what he said. And the victory is ours because he's already paid for it. So it's God's plan for us to see the victory and to shout first in order for the walls to come down. God doesn't want us to wait to shout. Did the walls fall that day at Jericho before the trumpet sounded and before the people shouted? No. The walls didn't fall down until they had already shouted. So we need to shout. We need to shout at those walls and know that they're going to come down because God has already given us the victory. Now... In order for you and me to succeed, we have to get that vision of victory. And we have to shout those praises to God in advance. It's part of the obedience. We're called to do that. Another facet of obedience is agreeing with God. And I can already hear some of you say, oh, I would never disagree with God. I know he knows knows all things. Well, I'm going to tell you how about the time that you said, I just can't hear God's voice. You know, what does it say in John chapter 10? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You know, what about the time that you said, I'll never be able to forgive. I just can't forgive so-and-so who offended me 20 years ago. If we're called to forgive, then we're able to forgive. God has given us that ability. And when we say, I cannot forgive that person, we're making God, we're saying God's a liar. We, 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 we can't. That's, how about the time that maybe you just heard somebody say, God doesn't heal today. 
That's calling God a liar because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what Jesus paid for at the cross, it's still paid for. So, amen. All right. Another facet. So, I'm just going to encourage you to resist disagreeing with God. Agree with the word. Agree with what he says that you can do, you can have, you can be. Because you can be all of those things. You can do those things because he said so. The ability is on the inside of you. You just got to make a demand on it. I've got to make a demand on it. Okay, so I'm going to resist disagreeing with God with my words. And I purpose to guard my lips and agree with the word of God. Another facet of obedience that I want to talk just a little bit about is resisting the fear. That I talked about um, the fear that when uh, that the people of Jericho were experiencing. But I think there could have been some fear on the part of Joshua and the children of Israel too. Because look at this. Think about this wall. You've probably all thought of this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You, they're approaching this wall, and God's told them to walk around it and uh, to not say anything, not to shout, but to walk around the wall. And he's told them uh, that they have the victory. But I'm, and he, they know that the mighty men of valor on the inside of that wall. And do you think that ever it went through their mind, what if while we're marching around the wall, they get up on the wall and shoot us with arrows? You know, do you think that they might have thought, here we are out in the open. We're just a target out in the open. So if they had dwelt on that thought instead of on the fact that God said, see the victory has already been paid for for you. The victory has already been won. See, I've already taken them and put them in your hands. So it's so important that we resist that fear uh, of, of destruction, of whatever it is that's com uh, coming against us with the wall that we're facing. And likewise, you and I must resist rehearsing what the enemy has thrown at us. You know, sometimes we can talk that problem up so much that it becomes bigger than a mountain. It becomes bigger, you know, in your, in your spirit, you, you begin to think it's bigger than God. But, you know, that's not the truth. If you just don't rehearse those things that are bad, that don't agree with the word of God, that are coming against you, that are, are sent by the enemy, God did not give us a spirit of fear, of course, for, uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, we can resist the fear because he didn't give it to us. And it is a spirit, and so it can be subject to us. Fear can be subject to us. We don't have to allow fear to operate in us. Okay. When God said, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, that means victory. And that means it's obtained through obedience. Now, look at Joshua 6 and verse 15, and maybe 16, I'll see. After the first six days of obediently walking around the wall, marching around the wall and doing what God did call to them, told them to do, in verse 15 it says, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day... Only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened, 
When the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the walls fell. What if on the seventh day they marched around the wall for the first time, knowing they had to do seven times, and they decided, that's it. Nothing's happened. We haven't seen anybody on these walls. They may all be dead in there. Let's just... It, Let's, let's not go around it anymore. There's waste in our energies. What if they had decided after the first time to not walk around the other six times for the walls to fall? What if they just thought, well, we might as well just go home? What if the priest had decided, we're out of breath. We're really tired of blowing these trumpets. What, 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 if, what if they had not blown the trumpets? You know, verse 20 says that they did... And when they did, the people shouted and the walls fell down. Victory is obtained through obedience. Number two, wait. Let me see how I'm doing on my time. Okay, I just want to make sure. My watch is fast and it always trips me up, and especially when I'm preaching. I want to preach as long as I can, okay? <laughs> Number two, wait. Oh, my, 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 in this day of microwave, fast foods, instant pots, and all kinds of things like that, this society is not good at waiting on anything, are we? Our culture is not used to waiting, and we get so frustrated when we wait, when we have to wait. You know, Pastor and I play a lot of golf, and when we, uh, sometimes it just feels like the course is ours, and we can play, we can play golf in three hours. Lickety split, 18 holes. But you give us a day when there's some people in front of us who are not moving quite as fast as we want, and I'll say to Ty, I wish they would hurry up. What is taking them so long? And he said, do you have something better to do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Waiting goes across the lines, you know, where we get impatient with things, right? But, you know, waiting is actually a part of our refining process, and we're all going through refining processes in this life until the day that Jesus comes. He's going to do that work in us. He's refining us to make us more like Jesus, and waiting is part of that refining. So it's not simply waiting is just not simply sitting on your aha and doing nothing with a hang around and see what happens attitude. I'm going to share with you. I studied that word out just to refresh my memory on that this week. And that means, write this down if you're taking notes, to, to take, to fully receive something, to embrace without hesitation or reservation. One more time. Study the word wait out, and it means to take, to fully receive something, to embrace without any reservations or hesitation. Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6. This is why I wait upon you, experiencing your breakthrough. For your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. 
I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. Waiting is a hope and an expectation that what God has promised, he will bring to pass. You see it in the word. You can count on it. You can put your hope in it. And you can expectantly look for that to come to pass. Sometimes you have to look and keep looking and keep looking and keep believing and keep believing. But the point is, don't quit. (laughs) Hope and expectation, which is actually the ability to wait, comes as we give our attention and our focus to the word. Write this down in your notes. Spiritual hunger is a prerequisite for walls to fall. Spiritual hunger is a prerequisite for walls to fall. Don't expect any walls to fall if you're not hungry for the Lord. If you're not hungry for the things of God, if you're not hungry for the word, nothing's going to happen in your life. You're just sitting there with that, hanging in there with that attitude of, well, we'll just see what happens. We'll just hang around and see what happens. I'll go to church this Sunday and see what happens. Now, you better come to church with the idea that I want to get what God has for me today. You better come to church prayed up and ready. Not for somebody else or the person that's sitting next to you, but you better be ready to get what God has for you. So, it's the same way that I do some things in the natural. Uh, you know, how do, how do you develop spiritual hunger? If you're, if you're at a place where you're not really spiritually hungry, that's a wall that tonight you could deal with. But one way that you can change that situation is to give it your focus and your attention. In the natural, I'm using another golf example here. In the natural, I like to play golf. And I want to be good at golf. And so if I want to be good at golf, you know what I do? I, I give it focus. I go to clinics, and I, I've been to golf schools, and I uh, practice, and I, I watch golf on TV, and I think what they're doing. And then when I go to the golf course, the professionals I'm talking about, then when I go to play golf, I, in my mind, I'm rehearsing those things. Now, how to make this shot and how to hold this club gently and, and how to come all the way through. Just those things that are important. I give it my focus and my attention. And when I do that, guess what? I really want to play golf good. It makes me want to play more. It makes me want to play good. The same natural principle works in the spirit realm. And that means that daily I spend time in the Word. And I, I apply myself to it. I study it. It's not just I'm reading this to say, okay, that was the daily um, reading for today, and I've done that. Check that off. No. It's that you get something out of it because the Word is alive, and God has something He wants to speak to you fresh from the Word today. So every day I spend time in the Word, and then I meditate on it, and then I position myself in this house, and I, I take um, the opportunity to let whatever's preached from this pulpit soak into me. And I'm not saying that I do this all the time. I'm saying that these are the things that I do that increases spiritual hunger in my life. See, I'm not arrived either. I need whatever it is that I'm preaching to you tonight is something that I need more of and to be 
to be more of. But I'm, I'm, I'm really working on that. <laughs> Let me ask you, how many of you do not? I want to see hands of every person in here who's taking notes tonight. Just put your hands up. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty awesome. I'm going to tell you that if you uh, were out, you're going to school, you're uh, going to have an exam next week, and um, you had a preparatory class for that exam, would it be good if you took notes? Would it be good if you studied those notes? Would it be good if you spent time before the test preparing for that test? Well, I'm going to tell you that you're probably using a test tomorrow. There's going to be a test in your life tomorrow. And so tonight, maybe you should be taking some notes, and maybe tonight you should go home and study this word, and then you'll be prepared for the test that you face tomorrow. <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe some of you don't need to take notes. Maybe you're real spongy. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Maybe you're real spongy. Maybe you're like that uh, sponge that has lots of open pores in it, real porous, and that it water just soaks into. Well, maybe you're real porous and the word just goes into you. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's not me. I have to apply myself to the word. It doesn't just, I don't get it by osmosis. Do you? We, it takes some effort. If you want a wall to fall in your life, you're going to have to apply yourself. You're going to have to get some spiritual hunger. And I promise you, when you begin to do those disciplines, and many of you are doing them, when you begin to do those disciplines in your life of reading the Word, praying, studying the Word, those things, you'll develop a hunger. The Word will come alive to you, and you will get something out of it. Maybe not this morning, maybe not next morning, but another morning. And, and that morning will be worth all the other mornings when you felt like, you didn't really get anything from God. I promise you. I promise you. So, I hope in all of these things that all each of us are asking the Holy Spirit tonight. What are you showing me in this message? These are the things that we can do to develop spiritual hunger and to learn to wait expectantly. Spiritual hunger and waiting are connected to your success in walls falling. The third thing that Pastor Travis preached was walk. So, seeing the wall fall isn't the desired ending that God had, was it? After the wall fell, what did he say? Walk each man straight into the city. So you have to possess. To me, God was saying, Possess. Possess. After you've knocked that wall down, possess your promised land. Possess the promise that was on the other side of that wall. Possess the freedom that was on the other that is on the other side of that wall. I believe that that's what God meant when he said seeing the wall fall isn't the desired result. The desire is to possess. You've got to finish your race. Finish your course. We must take down the wall that we face every day or a wall that we face for a whole month or a wall that we face for a year. We've got to stay with it until we take it down. And however long it takes, we have to stay the course. <clears throat> One wall at a time. Second Timothy 4, 7 says, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. So I'm going to share with you. Let's see if I've got time to do that one other thing. 7.15, is that right? Okay, thank you. Um, I want to share this other thing, and that is I just see so many comparisons in the natural to knocking down your walls spiritually. If you were going to scale a wall physically, you were going to scale a wall. That's a term, right, that's like you scoot up the wall and, and then you go down on the other side. Okay, so if you found out that that was going to be the next chore in your life that you had to do, I'm talking physically, not spiritually now, what would happen? If you were going to be successful, you would have to train. You maybe have to lift weights. And you wouldn't just get to do it on Mondays and Fridays. You'd do it every day. You would, you would have to apply a lot of energy. You'd have to apply a lot of focus into being able to do that. I don't know what kind of a training that might take, but I know you'd have to build up your muscles. I know that, that there would have to be a building up of, uh, in your physical body to be able to scale a wall. Is there anybody in here who has done that? Big wall. Okay, great. Well, I, maybe I'll call on you to tell us how to do that. <laughs> and if God ever calls you to scale a wall, you can talk with these guys right down here. <laughs> what? Oh, he said it's, it's according to what's chasing you. <laughs> okay, so what I, I believe is uh, from that physical example, the spiritual example is if you're going to knock down a wall, there, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some effort. It's going to cost you some applying of pressure against that wall spiritually. And the way we apply spiritual pressure, of course, is through prayer. It's going to cost you, you and you're going to have to do something. The wall's not going to fall down automatically. So that's what I want to encourage you tonight. And then I'm going to share with you something that uh, you'll have to promise that you won't spend a lot of energies trying to figure out who I'm talking about. But <clears throat> I um, saw very clearly uh, as I was studying this, the Holy Spirit showed me that there is a, a person in my life who I've really struggled with loving. And first of all, let me assure you that you don't need to spend energies trying to figure out which person in this house I'm talking about because it is no person in this house. <laughs> it is not a person in this house. But I've struggled a little bit loving that person. And because I've been focused on this for the last 10 days, the Holy Spirit showed me a picture God often deals with me with a vision or a picture of things. Sometimes I hear his voice clearly, and he could have said this, but he was so gentle with this. It was a picture of that person, uh, a vision, and I saw the person and had a great big uh, poster board that was about four foot by two foot. And over on that piece of, on that cardboard was my handwriting, and it was that person's faults that I see. And so, what that means is, God says we're to love one another. And it doesn't just say those that are easy to love. See, I love all y'all. Y'all are easy to love. Y'all are easy to love. But 
this person's not so easy for me to love. And so I believe that because um, I identified that wall and I asked God's forgiveness, because you see, God sees that person's good things. He sees who he created her to be. He sees, he doesn't see the faults. So he doesn't want me to see, the first thing I see about that person is not to be her faults. It's to be who God created her in Christ. And uh, so I, I believe that that wall will now fall because I dealt with that. But you know what? If I had been in this message on Sunday the 15th and I'd made these notes and I'd never studied this out, do you think the Holy Spirit could have dealt with me about that? I don't either. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, gentle correction. But you know what? If we let gentle correction go and gentle correction go and gentle correction go, at some point it gets fiercer. The correction gets fiercer. So I don't know how many times God's dealt with me about it, but I know he has dealt with me now, and I know that I've repented and I've turned from that. And now my mind is not going to see those faults first. They may be there, but I'm not going to see them first. I'm going to think about the good things in her. Okay. <clears throat> Don't judge me. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Then uh, the next thing is that the Holy Spirit dealt with me about was something that happened years ago. And, and this is amazing because I, didn't even, I hadn't even thought about it in a long time. But years ago in this house, we had a tremendous amount of financial burden on this house. We owed a lot of money. Praise God, this past Sunday, <laughs> all of that, all of that was whoo, taken care of. And God did it. God did it. So, uh, Anyway, years ago when we were struggling and carrying that load of financial burden and we were hands were tied, not able to do so many of the things that we wanted to do in this house, but we had so much debt that we couldn't do those things. <clears throat> we had a visiting uh, a guest pastor in our house, and he gave a testimony in this house, and some of you may remember it, so you'll know who it was. But he gave a testimony in this house about, from his church, how one day he had preached a message and he saw a visitor come in and at the end he made it a point just to greet the visitor when he was leaving. And the next day that visitor called him and uh, asked him if he could meet with him. And he said, sure. So he came to the church and met with his pastor and he presented the pastor with a check for a million dollars. Now, I want to clarify this. I was not envious to the point that I didn't want that church to have the million dollars. I just wanted us to have a million dollars too. <laughs> and so, um, I remember, I re- God reminded me of this when I've studied this out, these, this wall's falling. I remember how I asked God, I don't understand why we, why can't we have someone come in 
and present us with a check just like that. And we would be so quick to give you glory for it. And God said, it is a sin to ask me why. And so I repented for that. Now, I'm not, this is not, may not be for you. You know, you, you may ask God why and you may get by with it. But for me, God was saying, that's not trusting me. That's questioning me because this is his house. And he paid for this house the way that he intended to pay for this house. And it wasn't my place to ask him why didn't we get a million dollars given to us. Okay. So those are some things that uh, God has done in my life through this message. Now, I want you to have an opportunity for God to do some things in your life. And I want you to get up and come down here right now to this altar. If you know you have a wall and you've begun to identify that wall. Tonight. Thank you, JC. I want to say to each one of you that are coming down here tonight, this is a great first step because you're in the process of identifying. You, you, you're taking this thing and you're saying, I see this wall and I'm not going to ignore it anymore. I'm not going to try to go around it. I'm not going to try to, to play like it doesn't exist. Tonight, I'm going to deal with that wall. Now, it's going to be a process. And so, you know what that means? That means you're going to have to be obedient. You're going to have to wait. And then you're going to have to walk. And you can do all of those things because God's equipped you to. You're equipped. You see, God never calls us to do something that he hasn't already put within us the ability to do it. So you have the ability to walk through this, to walk over this wall and see it fall. You, you have that. Because you have the power of the living God within you. And he's already won the victory for you. But it's yours to possess. It's yours to take. It's yours to own. I'm going to ask um, Pastor Ty, Pastor Travis, Pastor Robert to come down and just lay hands on these as I pray for them. Pastor Brandy, would you come? <clears throat> I'd like for you just to start down here and come this way, laying hands on them, please. Oh, Pastor Robert's down there too, but you go start somewhere in the middle there. And those of you who are uh, out here, would you just extend your hand toward these people and believe for them? God, we thank you and praise you that you are faithful. You are faithful. You're faithful to every one of these precious people who have come. 
into this place tonight. And God, you know their hearts. And I'm asking you tonight, God, that your Holy Spirit will bring light to these situations, God, to the walls that they are standing down here professing and identifying tonight. And God, you already knew, you already had your hand upon that wall. And you already have a plan, Lord God, how to take that wall down for them. And God, how for them to walk through this in a victory, Lord God, that will bring great glory to you. So God, as our pastors lay hands on these, Lord God, I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the anointing that is in the hands of our pastors as they lay these powerfully on each person, Lord God. Thank you that they be strengthened, strengthened in their innermost being to continue to stand. And having done all to stand, that they stand there for. Lord God, heal hearts. I know that there are those who are hurting. I pray, God, for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Those repentance from sin in the areas, Lord God, that have been holding them back from taking that wall. And Lord God, I just thank you that you are a mighty, loving, gracious, compassionate God. And God, that you are for each one of these down here tonight. And God, your biggest desire is for them, for that wall to fall. In Jesus' name. Walls fall. Walls fall. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this time tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time tonight. Lord, I just thank you for the word that went forth. And Lord, we repent of not applying your word. We repent of the times where we've came in on a Wednesday night. Lord, I repent. Coming in on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, even the words, God, that you've given me for the people. And Lord, I know that application comes on a Monday and a Tuesday. And that I don't apply it. God, I pray that tonight that walls fall. As we have that spiritual hunger. As we have that spiritual fervor after you. God, I'm reminded tonight. Oh, as I was praying. Lord, for these up here. They, these walls may be bigger than me, but they're not bigger than you. And these walls may have been here before me, but they weren't here before you. That was for somebody tonight, but I believe that's for all of us. They may have been here before me, but they're not before you. So, Lord, I just thank you. Lord, tonight we eat, we meditate on it. And, God, I thank you for victory. And, Lord, that wall that once used to have us bound is launching us into the freedom and the ministry you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.